When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, men. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fina show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. John, how are you, first of all? Second of all, the Buffalo Bills have a date with Destiny, September 11th, 8-15, in New Jersey, New York Jets. I'm doing great. I mean, I didn't need to listen to that. I got a game coming up, and now I'm, you know, I was feeling pretty relaxed after the last preseason game, happy with what I saw. And now you got me all vexed. <laughs> Just try to get some hype. We got, we got like, are we hyping? Oh, we're hyping. 15 days. No, no, no. It's two weeks, two weeks from today. I know. Two weeks from, which we got to figure out, are we going to do that show on Tuesday or what are we going to do? But yeah, two weeks. Yeah, from we today, do have but... to figure that out. Uh, Monday won't work. Right. Yeah, Monday won't unless we do a pregame. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show. Uh, just had to throw a curveball at my man John Fina there real quick. I'm just excited for some football, um, and I'm excited for Labor Day weekend. I'm going to take the weekend off. I'm guessing you and I will probably take that Monday off as well. Uh, but my name is Joe Miller. I'm uh, the co-host of this show, or I don't know, the host of this show. And you can find me on Twitter, Joe Miller Wired. That guy over there is John Fina, the real John Fina, former Buffalo Bill for 11 years. God, that uh, seems like a long time. It does seem like a long time. Ten, you, ten years in Buffalo. Oh, was it? Ten, oh, that's right. That's right. So 11, 11, year in the NFL, <laughs> eleven years in the NFL. Ten years in Buffalo. You can find him on Twitter at John Fina, and we are excited that you are here. People are jumping into the room into the comments section. Uh, yeah, we are available to chat with. We're going to talk about this last Buffalo Bills preseason game, which John was combing through the All Twenty Two today. Uh, and then asked me to look at something, and I was like, I don't even ha- even have access to what you're looking at. <laughs> I thought you had the recording. You didn't go back. It was deleted. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, Beth. Beth was going through and deleting some stuff, so she, oh. she she's like, you, you wanted that preseason game? I was like, guess not. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least she's a realist. Uh, she realized the preseason only means about that much, so she she knows she knows. Yeah. Yeah, my, my my tagline for the whole preseason was, as preseason games go, it was one, right? So for the, all three games, that's what I said. So when we were up and then we were down and we were back up again, it's preseason. So how much how much did you guys take away from preseason? How like so was how how the film, right? The film after the preseason game, was it like a normal? It couldn't have been like a normal week, right? So, you know, it was all about it. You didn't care about the win or the loss. Uh, You know, you were coaching yourself on your individual effort, right? So for me, 
you know, it was always like, what improvements was I trying to make during the off season? Um, you know, what, and, and getting back into the groove, you know, one or two or four series, whatever you played, you know, how's my conditioning level? Cause mm-hmm. there's still time. There's still two weeks. Uh, these guys can, can still go get in shape. Right. Um, right. so mo- it was mostly about that, mm. uh, making sure if there was any new installation, any new plays that, you know, you were identifying the defense properly and you were going to the right guy, mm. uh, physically, you know, you, you weren't as harsh, but you know, assignment checks, uh, fitness, and, you know, technique. Is there ever a point, I was going to ask a silly question, which was like soreness after week one, but then I realized just from listening to pressers that you guys were sore after every game, right? It wasn't a more sore one week versus the next. It was basically, it's 18 weeks, 20 weeks of hell, right? Yeah, you know, the the, the last, they visited their last healthy week. That's about it. (laughs) Next week and then the weeks thereafter, I mean, you are, especially for the guys that play every down, you know, Mm. the offensive linemen, I mean, you are beat up. Right. Uh, If they continue the type of rotation they do in the front seven, you know, it's a little, and that's part of that strategy that you and I never really talked about Mm. is, you know, I know you'd rather see guys running most 65 to 70% of the plays, but yes, you would, would, but, I mean, that takes a real toll on defensive guys. You know, you're dealing with double teams. You're just getting mashed every play. And I think it I think it extends their health deeper into the season, you know, uh, barring any, you know, severe ankle sprain or knee injury or anything of that nature. Sure, sure. I agree with you. But I think traditionally what we've seen from the NFL is that's not the case. And I don't know that it's been successful. Right. Well, look, I I'm on the fence. You know, I I hated it as an offensive lineman to see two or three different defensive ends. Mm. Uh, you know, because that just means there's a whole base of studying that you got to do that's even greater, right? So you're right, multiplying right. by two or three. Um, I'll tell you, my biggest problem is I don't know why Greg Rousseau doesn't get in a three point stance. I yeah. I'm, I'm still on that. Yeah, I've heard you. I've heard you say that in the past, and I don't necessarily have an answer other than the TV still says he's six six and he's every bit of six eight. Could size be the issue? Uh, look, if he could be in a two point stance and dip his hips and get underneath pads, uh, I wouldn't mind. But I see too many times, too frequently, that he comes across and he starts looking in the backfield. I think you have a tendency to look in the backfield if you can see in the backfield. Oh. Uh-huh. So, uh I coached JV. No, you know, no honor in that except uh trying to lead young men. Right. And I watched the film. This these are JV players and I got two defensive ends who were far better than the tackles. Mm. And they were consistently not getting there. Mm. And then it dawned on me that the problem with looking in the backfield is you you're not beating the guy in front of you. Mm. You know, you you got about a seven yard point on an angle on a curve to get to. But your first job is to get to that point by beating the guy in front of you. If you stand up, if you look in the backfield, you'll go nowhere. Mm. I, I was telling the kids, worry about where the quarterback is. When you've beaten the guy in front of you, start with step one. Don't start with step two. That's actually incredible advice. And it's something that I don't know that us as fans really think about a whole lot. But when you say that, yes, I, I have pictures of of Groot and, and other Bills defensive ends 
like literally as kind of rushing towards you with the back of an offensive player and they're kind of up, right? Versus down. Well, you know, what's interesting is I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't able to articulate it. I mean, I knew why, but how can I put it into words that a kid would understand? Mm -hmm. So get to the point, the inflection point, the contact point. And if the quarterback's gone, he's gone. But the, if you know, choose your move before the ball snap. Your your number one, two, three, four move. But don't choose no move. I say have a plan when you line up. And guess what? That guy might have a better plan than yours, and that mm -hmm. happens. I mean, you're you know, there's in an NFL game, there's you know, forty to fifty snaps of pass, mm -hmm. and they're going to guess right every now and again, or the quarterback is going to be leaking out on the opposite side or stepping up. But if every pass play, the defensive end made it to that spot, seven yards behind the center, he'd have five sacks a game. Mm. Now you got to beat the guy in front of you. Right, right. Again, we go back to step one, beat the guy in front. Of, and unless you can tell me you were a spy on that play, mm -hmm. um, beat the guy in front of you. Gotcha. That's good stuff. Well, let's let's jump into because I know that you're limited limited on time uh, for this show due to your obligation coaching football, which you were just talking about. Um, so the Buffalo Bills beat the Chicago Bears twenty four to twenty one in a game that I felt went much much better both on offense and on defense, particularly in offense. First of all, I think the question I would ask you before I ask you your thoughts of the game: Where are you on the pregame argument of? play Josh Allen, don't play Josh Allen. It's way too risky. They need to get some rhythm, right? Where are you at on that? Did you feel they needed to play? Well, you mean more than he played? He took one series, took him down for a score. The idea was that Josh Allen should not play in that game. I don't agree with that. Yeah, there you go. I don't. I, I, and I also think you asked the guy himself. Well, Josh yeah. would always want to play, right? right. I, yeah. Right. So why, why deny him that and have him thinking – you know, oh my God, now I'm, I don't have a rhythm. I, you know, I didn't get enough live reps. Don't create doubt, fear, uncertainty. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the one thing that I had commented on, on the show yesterday was that it, had Josh and Steph and the, and the starters not played like the primary starters, it was like 23 days before like of not playing football. And the last thing they did was what they did in that Steelers game, which was no semblance of any sort of like rhythm or continuity at all. Um, not to mention, I think they're still trying to figure out and feel what it is that they're trying to do or who they're trying to be up front, right? Which is a, we always hear this, this continuity word on the offensive line and the bills never seem to be able to find it. They never can find five guys and, and then year over year, just stick with those five guys. It seems. Yeah. I look, I, I, you know, I go back and forth. I like the fact that the offensive line stayed in longer and I'll tell you it would, they must've had a CTJ meeting mm. because, those were different looking tackles than the week sure. before. Um, they played better in the front three. They played more aggressive. They played longer. Everybody played longer. The tackles played square. Do define first define longer. What does it mean to play longer as an offensive lineman? Reach. So you, for those of you listening in podcast form, John is reaching his hand. <laughs> I'm reaching my hand toward the camera. So right. you right. know, there's um <clears throat> It makes you feel good to wrap your arms around. You feel like you're covering more lateral distance, right? Mm -hmm. But in effect, you're 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 putting yourself in a position to get pushed. Mm. You're putting yourself, especially in pass pro, um, to be susceptible to a rip, 
to an mm. underneath move, right? So your your conscience tells you to envelop a guy, but the technique, the proven technique, tells you to stay long. Get your hands out. Create distance. It's the opposite in the run game, right? Mm. I want to get fit, and I want to keep them closer to me. Like I'm carrying, you know, a five-gallon bucket of water sack of potatoes. At, at chest level. Sack right. of potatoes at chest level. You want to get them in here and control them. So the, I thought it was, I thought it was 100% better That's across, awesome. across the line. Uh, you know, uh, Torrance, uh, I saw a couple of things where he'd probably, yeah, I'm, I'm sliding left. He really ought to move his ass over a little bit quicker and get fit next to the center. Mm -hmm. But he played really long. He's got some, I think he's got some foot quickness issues that should come. You know, with a little bit more jump rope, a little bit more footwork drills is a little bit in the slow footed area. It's a different speed. It's a different league. So I'm going to give him that uh, that learning curve of the preseason. But I, I, I wouldn't have expected him to do this well. I think um, just with the 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 the, uh, the number of plays he's played so far. Sure. Great pick. I mean, absolutely. He's going to be a fantastic football player if he remains healthy, hungry, and angry. He's definitely a different body type, different strength. Uh, but to draw a line of correlation, I believe your first comment about um, Cody Ford was that he had slow feet. <laughs> yeah, so when you have slow feet and a guy gets starts to get even with your hip, you're naturally going to open your hip. Mm. And then that just gives depth. And then the front three, you know, you're always trying to set that mm. pass protection at two or three yards optimally, right? But these are grown men too. I mean, there's some monsters. Mm -hmm. I think um, Ryan Bates felt um, the right defensive tackle on one of those plays in the second or third quarter. It was like, whoa, you know, he didn't get long. He didn't get fit to the left guard. And it took him by surprise. Now, to be fair, I think Connor McGovern left him a little soon mm. looking out at Deion Dawkins, but that's all about, you know, timing. And that's why they play more than the, than the quarterback in the first game. Uh, I'm just going to throw this up. DMX3698 in the comment section says that uh, the O-line is a problem. And before I make a comment, because I have one, I'm, I'm, I want you to address this. Um, okay. That's it. Okay. You don't, because I, I mean, don't... everybody's got an opinion. Uh, I mean, I don't know, DMX. Did you watch, you know, the, um, the entire first half with the starting three, starting five? And did you compare it to the last game? Did you notice the changes in technique? Cause I did. Um, I don't think that the O line is superb by any measure. I think you're in a constant state of growing for this offensive line. Not like what you're used to, Joe, when you were in your teenage years and they were, you know, more settled and, and uh, I don't know, I guess connected, if you will. Right. right. But I, I'm very encouraged by what I saw from both tackles in this last game. And I'll tell you, I was discouraged in the previous game. But I think you so, just hit it. It's it, you said by both tackles. I think the interior of the offensive line, guard to guard, is solid. I think those guys are working well together. I think it's pretty much, and even yeah. if you have to sub in Ryan Bates, which Ryan Bates has been coming in for Mitch mm -hmm. Morse, and I don't feel like there was necessarily a lack of ability there. Now the tackles, there's some integrity issue there, integrity issues there at times. But you have stated many times as well that sometimes that's on Josh. Yeah, look, I mean, you know. As far as DMX's comment is concerned, going back to it, certainly you could go back and look um, and say, uh, as a whole, 
that you think they're a problem and I don't think you'd be wrong. But when you are a player and a coach and, you know, a real kind of wonk, if you're a wonk mm-hmm. on technique, mm-hmm. then it's undeniable that they played a lot better in this game. You know, there's still things you got to clean up, like play away. I'm the left guard. If I'm stalking the linebacker, I want to get to the inside shoulder, not the outside shoulder. Right. Yeah, you know, Torrance had um, a not dissimilar issue when he was stalking the linebacker. He needed to come up and get fit and get his ass square to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that was one play out of the other three that I said, wow. Nice technique, kid. So, yeah. you know, if you aren't growing week in and week out, if you're not, I, I, like I told the JV kids, like I tell the varsity kids, if you don't go back and watch your film and watch every play at least five times and take a good two hours to watch film, which can be a miserable experience, then not sure how you're going to get better. You know, yeah. you got to go, you got to put, if nobody's going to put you in the crucible, you have to put yourself in the crucible. Yeah. Speaking of getting better, the biggest position of need, in my opinion, and you and I might disagree here is, is that Mike position that Tremaine Edmonds has vacated. Um, I said on the show yesterday as well, that I felt like that the, a starting caliber middle linebacker is not on this football team. The, the, the options we have are either too old, AJ Klein, or maybe just not ready yet. When you look at Torian Williams, when you look at Terrell Bernard, uh, you know, Balin Spector, who now has a hamstring injury, um, from doesn't what you Bernard, want, doesn't Bernard also have a hammy? That's yeah, that's yes, he does. So he's coming right. back from a hamstring in, in, right. injury. Um, th- I thought Williams looked good, very rangy, really good size. For some reason, uh, McDermott is apparently reluctant to put him at Mike. So yeah, well, um, <laughs> he's the coach. Now, look, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree with you. I, you know, I am hopeful. If they don't, if they don't make a move. Um, we talked about a play earlier today where it seemed like, um, you know, he could have made that tackle pretty, pretty easily. The starting starting Mike linebacker. You you never know. You never know. (laughs) But to me, the the problem on that play wasn't the tackle itself. It was the drop. Had he looked to his left, if you watch the play develop, there was no threat of a receiver on his left. Mm -hmm. So when he looked to his left and he saw, I don't know if it was Saran Neal or whomever was playing nickel corner, if he hadn't dropped, as he was making his drop, if he could have adjusted just two yards to his right, he's in the throwing lane. That ball hits him in the helmet. Right. Um, you know, and those are those are things that, you know, you kind of want to clean up. But, but look, but, I'm, I'm not going to be a guy that's just going to – if we don't make a move and we don't have anybody else, I'm all in on him. And we're going to – we might see a couple of minutes that uh, – look, I, for one, love Tremaine Edmonds. I didn't like how he was at the point of attack when he stepped in the line of scrimmage. I didn't feel like he took on blockers – very well. I thought he absorbed a little too much. Uh, is he a better football player than than uh, uh, Dotson? Yes. Right. But I, he's not my guy anymore. He's not here. I wish right. him well. There's something about. Am I getting animated? Am I getting excited enough for you now, Joe? You, are. you ready? You, are. you ready? You ready? I'm ready, bro. So uh, what you say is pointed, um, and I think what it comes down to is instincts, right? So there's an aspect. Every if you played sports at almost any level, I don't mean little league or primary sports, but you you always for some reason ended up running into the guy that it was just everything was instinctual like it did almost to the point of didn't did, 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 not even not even having to try i remember playing when i played volleyball in college i remember playing with a guy that was our middle linebacker um and it didn't matter where the ball hit him so if he was standing there and backing off the net 
and somebody was about to spike the ball like right at him, it would it would like chicken winging is what, what it would call where you just kind of put your arm up, and the ball would like just go perfectly to the setter. And it was like, how is that even remotely possible? There are just guys that even and on a football field, it's true as well. There's just some guys that have instincts and find themselves in the right spot all the time. There's just yeah. something about the talent that they have. Yeah, there was a guy like that who played for the New England Patriots, and his name was Teddy Bruschi from the University right. of Arizona. Go Cats. Um, <laughs> Teddy, you know, physically, all the tools that he had put, kind of put him in the probably 75% tier. Right, right. But his football instincts were, you know, 100%. 100. percent That guy just had a feel for the game. Yeah. And, and you can't – there's no well, – Okay, okay, Joe. All right. Yeah. What do you want to do? I mean, we could look back and say the the administration, whatever, leadership made a mistake. We didn't get the guy. Now there's no guy. Now we're stuck with this guy. Mm. We got two guys hurt. We got a young guy who's not a guy. And we're, <laughs> we have a guy problem. <laughs> like, we have a guy problem. So all we could do is sit here and say, uh, what can they do to scheme – what can they do? Maybe maybe pressure comes less from Matt Milano, mm. and he holds that that middle a little bit more, and they they reflect the curl a little bit better. They're going to have to game plan a lot harder, uh, you know, trying to figure out what teams are going to hit them in that soft eight yard zone. Uh, but I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, so, but I'm not going to sit here and and rehash the past. I'm going to say, hey Dotson, if you're listening, because I know you listen every week. <laughs> You got this, kid. Let's go. That's Pony all well up. and good. Until, up. That's all well and good until your defense is giving up 450 yards a game, right? Ooh, over the middle. So over the middle, 450. I'm that's just a, making. I'm making stuff up. That. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just no, saying. When I'm you look, got point taken. Point taken. Right. Not, it, it, I don't think I'm Pollyanna-ing this. Maybe at a all. little. Maybe a little. No, I'm. I'm a realist. I'm dealing with what we have in front of us. Well, they a real, will, they a realist, will work. Go ahead. A, a realist look, and I said this to you on the phone. A realist looks at that film, and this is this was a wonderful opportunity to for all the, the the Tremaine Edmonds detractors, which you and I are not. Do we have Tremaine criticisms? Yes, but we were not detractors. Um, this was a great opportunity to watch Tremaine Edmonds play football on that defense, the Bears defense, and then watch the guy that started for us. And there was a noticeable difference in his movements body mechanics, the way he kept the play in front of him, how fast he dissected and attacked the football, the tackles that he made. The the I want him to be good too. So don't get me wrong. If that's who we go with, then let's go. But yep. at the first sign of an issue, which leads to an L, it's a problem, especially if there's no way to correct it. So you ask, what, 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 what would I do? I feel like there are an ample number of players on this team right now, which it's Monday at the time of this recording, Monday evening after 8 o'clock. Cut down day is tomorrow. I feel like there are guys on this football team more so than ever before that are going to hit the street that can play in the NFL. For me, you are doing something to make an easy decision, an easier decision for one of the other 31 teams, one that may have two Mike linebackers and they're not sure which one to keep or what they want to do and they've got they need help at corner. They need help at wide receiver. They need help on the offensive line. They need help so on the defense. What I hear you saying is be ready on the wire. Go get somebody. Uh, and again, I can't see the future. Maybe that happens. And uh, if they have the right guy, I, I think uh, Kirksey just got released from Houston. I don't know if he's the right guy. Right. Um, it, it, I guess my point is in the end, 
I am just going to have to play the guys that are on my roster. Do I think they should make a move? I'm not going to say they shouldn't. I think they should make a move. Mm -hmm. And you're right. We got. We're going to have to. We're going to have to drop a few people from the secondary. And the upside of that is, the secondary, you know, looks to be playing pretty damn well right now. They're, and they're, okay, now let's go back to something fun to talk about, Joe. All right. All right. All right. We we ran some screens. Yes, we you, we also you ran tweeted me about it. <laughs> we also ran some pretty cool looking three step play action quick passes. Yep, that look a lot like run. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really nice to see. And holy cow, I don't know what's going on, but it's like a circle back to the days of yore. We, they ran a couple of old school type of draws, mm -hmm. almost, but a little quicker than we used to run. A little drop back, quick handoff. Uh, guards, you know, sift their way up to the linebackers. Running back reads the nose guard, you know, makes his picket, and they look pretty good. Is that is that a testament to the old line, or is that a testament to the quickness of James Cook? Uh, well, by the oh, I'll tell you, James made a really beautiful jump cut earlier mm -hmm. in the game on a very poorly blocked play that again had too many little guys in the box. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think that that does bode well for him. He can stop, adjust, and go. It, it, it looks pretty smooth, I have to say. Much yeah, smoother I, than uh, you on the volleyball court, <laughs> if memory serves. <laughs> it doesn't uh, serve you. You don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also believe that um, this this might be this might originate itself in the the need um, at the off you know the offense coming together as a staff and saying we need to have a little bit more wrinkle in our run game mm. and uh, a a three step quick uh, it looks like a zone play like a quick zone. Everybody's basically run blocking mm -hmm. quick fake or not even a fake. You're just, the linemen are coming out this way, which freezes the linebackers, whether they drop or whether they come, they'll typically just freeze for a step. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to hit that little space. You know, if you got the right coverage on the slot guy, if you got a little bit of outside leverage, you, you can get a quick three or four right there. Yeah. I like what what James Cook brings to the offense from a run standpoint, a running style is some, what I like about it is what I've heard you and Jerry talk about specifically, which is, you know, the, the shortest distance to any two points is a straight line and he goes straight, right? Yep. If he has to make a jump cut, if he has to shift, which he's very capable of doing, he does, but by and large, he goes straight. He goes straight very fast. And it also brings into conversation one of his criticisms uh, in his report coming out of college was that he didn't have good contact balance. I find him actually pretty okay in the contact. And now is he doing what uh, Arrington did or the, the 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 running back that I can't remember his last name. It's it's right here in front of me. Anyway, the, they made the long run where he's like dragging people to the, to the goal line because he wanted that touchdown really, really bad. I'm not saying that, but it's definitely not like you brush James Cook and he falls down. And we've seen some players like that in the NFL before. So I like what I see from the kid a lot. Yeah, and if you're going to run these types of plays, you want a guy who can evade a, a hand off a you know defensive tackle who's got a hand out, mm -hmm. you know, um, a guy that can quick bounce off of that and accelerate. Not every play is going to go to the house, you know. For sure, you want you want a running play to go four yards. Anything after that is just Gravy. a cherry on top, right? right? But what we need to get away from is negative yardage plays mm. and we ran a pin and pull on sunday where we pulled both the right tackle and the right guard and we had i think it was hardy right who's like 
I mean, he's Isaiah McKenzie size. Mm-hmm. And he's co- he's coming down to crack on the defensive end. And unless you really make that block, you know, that guy's going to start driving you. Mm-hmm. So what happened was you get the tackle who wants to pull with a little depth and get around that block. But the defensive end's driving the little guy four yards deep. So the tackle and the guard have to keep going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> How does he know where we're going? How does He's he know drunk. where we're going? Right. <laughs> so finally, they get around the guy, and now they're they're five yards deep from the line of scrimmage. James Cook or whomever had the ball, I don't recall. You know, is now the defense has had a chance. I think uh, – um, uh, Bates at center actually had a pretty decent block going, a good contact block that was just stringing out down the line of scrimmage. But all that did was just narrow the window. Right. It runs out of bounds. No gain. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I could see throwing that in there a little bit every now and again, but I just don't want to see a steady diet of the little guys having to come in and start counting linebackers and, you know, figuring out if they're on the backside, are we scooping to that guy? Are we scooping to that guy? It's just, it's too much mathematics. Comment and a question. So the Sherfield kid looks like he can block and he looks like a willing blocker. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you saw it. And the the Bills like to run these plays where they've got multiple wide receivers on the field, to your point. Mm -hmm. And they're going to ask one of them to have an assignment. Whose fault is it? This is the question. Whose fault is it when the personnel grouping calls for Khalil Shakir, Isaiah McKenzie, one of these small guys, not named Cole Beasley, because Cole Beasley was a willing blocker and did a decent job. Whose fault is it when the when the when the personnel doesn't match the play call? And what happens is exactly what you said. The wide receiver is getting driven back while the t- tackle's trying to pull and can't. Well, if the OC is managing the position groups, who's on the field and who's off the field, it's his his fault. If a guy's, you know, one play in the game and then takes himself out and you got the other guy in there, you know, you hopefully you didn't call the play. Uh, the OC didn't already call the play. Uh, you definitely want the right personnel grouping. I, I think if you can look at a guy like Hardy and the way he wants to block, then do it out in space. Do that quick right. swing play, swing pass that you like and have him go out and stalk a nickel corner, right? Um, we had two screens where offensive linemen blocked a guy in the back and frankly, I think it's just because it's like, hey, we've never run this play. You know, you kind of got to see what, uh, you know, get a feel for it. When that guy's going down and you're heading to him, don't touch him at all. You know, you can't affect the play positively, and you just hope the guy's cutting up inside of you. What's yeah. curious is several plays later, oh, shocker, Pittsburgh, sorry, not Pittsburgh, Chicago, their offensive lineman did the same thing and there was no call. <laughs> I mean, it was far more blatant. So, you know, you give these zebras a chance to make a call mm. and they're going to, you know, you, you reduce the amount of opportunity for them to ruin the game. You're better off. Yeah. As soon as it happened, I was like blocking the back, even oh. though it wasn't, it, it wasn't a, a, like he didn't shove him, but still mm. it's like I, it was on, it was on my 70. It was like, up oh, there's blocking the back, blocking the back. Yeah, I'll I'll say, um, you know, I just want to get to a couple of notes before I got to bug out. Yeah, go for it. But defensive line play, you know, the first couple plays of the game on run, Mm -hmm. man, go back and watch it. Daquan, Oliver, I mean, there there was real pressure on run plays. I think Daquan had that kid three yards deep, and it was impressive, right? Yep, yep. And then I also saw that um, we did line up in what looked like a little scary set against a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the middle of the field. 
corners up and press coverage. So there were a couple of instances of press. Maybe they're just practicing it, but we did run a little press coverage with two safeties over the top with the middle vacated or the middle empty, the middle of the defense is what I'm saying. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, like I, I remain optimistic. I see some good things on film. I did, you know, I reviewed that running play with you that you Mm -hmm. refused to go back and look at. (laughs) If you're confused, what am I going to figure out? (laughs) I'm confused why you didn't go back and look at it. (laughs) But again, you said at least three times on the phone, what is happening on this play? What the hell are they doing? (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I would encourage everybody to go back and look at that play. It was zoned to the right. And if you just, you know, just start, like if you want to learn about football and you want to, you know, just pick a play, a running play, you know, start with the direction it goes. And typically the guy on the edge is blocking the right guy. And then you put a one on that defensive guy. And the next guy in, you put a two on him. And the next guy in, you put a three. And then you got five offensive linemen. You got a tight end on the backside. He's six. You got a fullback in the backfield. That's seven. And you start trying to figure out who's supposed to put a hat on a hat. And I'm watching this play. I must have watched it seven times. And I'm like, I can't tell if it's the left guard and left tackle making a mistake, if Gilliam's going to the wrong guy. But we ended up with, I mean, it, it looked like it looked pretty straightforward to me. So if going back to our earlier comment from mm. the comment that was in the comment section, hey, don't let up as a coach. If you have to have a CTJ meeting every week, then do it. Does everybody know what a CTJ meeting is? Come to God. Come to Jesus. See, you said Jace, come to Jesus, my bag. I thought you said yeah. CTG. My bag. I might have said it that time, but I usually say did. CTG. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you go back and look at these sets by the tackles, and both tackles were square or longer, square or, 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 or longer, and they were longer with their arms. The whole mm-hmm. offensive line kept guys off their body, and the tackles, especially, had a much better strike. So, last topic for you before we get you out of here. Um, Cutdown day is tomorrow, Tuesday, today, if you're listening in podcast form. Uh, surprise player to make the roster. Do you have a surprise player, a guy that you think is going to make it that maybe is an outlier? They're on the radio, so so uh, your former teammate Steve Tasker feels that uh, Kingsley Jonathan is going to make this team, which if that happens, the bottleneck to me is blown up completely because they got 12 guys now with Vaughn Miller. So well, he, I'll 13. tell you what, he, he has looked great. And <laughs> that that's a kid who just, you know, keep, keep giving a guy a chance. If you think you see something initially, he's been on this roster in some way, shape or form for like the past 18 years. Right. Yeah. And he made an impact last year and he made an impact. So I, I, I like that call. That's a pretty good call. Now I didn't even look at the cuts um, from the other day. It was, and I don't know. What, you know. Uh, Patman. I don't, I don't, Patman I don't, might be the only name, you know, that got cut. Yep. Patman. Um, and I don't know where you think, um, of course, I just uh, Andy Isabella is. I think Andy Isabella makes his football team. Yeah, as the return guy, right? Despite putting the ball on the ground. I think uh, I, 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 the reason that I feel like he might potentially make this football team as a return guy is only because this coaching staff does not like their returner to be involved in the offense. They like that guy to be separate. So if Hardy's going to be part of the offense, he's not going to be the returner. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. No, I agree. I, I like him though. I like, I like the way he returns. I think he's aggressive. I think he has, um, he knows when to be patient and I think he's got, 
Well, everybody knows the guy's got great acceleration. Yes, yes. Uh, right in line with what we're talking about. Eric Farrell with a super chat. Eric, thank you so much for being a part of the show, and thank you for the super chat. Does Vandemark make it? Tackle. Uh, Eric, are you on the chat? Because uh, if I'm wrong, do I have to give the 10 bucks back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Wow. And, uh, yes. And so he's your swing tackle, Van, uh, Vandemark. I think that Quesenberry is having some issues. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I think this guy can play both sides. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a step off of Quesenberry except for maybe experience. Um, but that hasn't bode well for Quesenberry, even though I like him. I mm -hmm. called his game when he played at San Jose State, and I said to myself, this guy's going to go to the NFL, and he's going to have a really nice career, and he has. So I think he makes it. But here's the one that I'm really itching. Don't be surprised if Alec Anderson makes mm -hmm. this team. Agreed. Right? Um, he has played – every position on the O-line except left tackle in mm. this preseason. Now, he didn't do fascinatingly well at right in the last game. Um, there, were, there was one play on drop back where I thought, eh, you know, that was not awesome. Uh, but by and large, what he's done at the center position and the guard position is pretty impressive. Now, again, go back and think about Kingsley Jonathan, right? Alec Anderson, that's his, this is his third year mm -hmm. in this organization. Mm -hmm. So if he doesn't make it, I mean, I, I think he's probably he's probably got some pretty good film and he'll land somewhere, practice squad or depth player. He's another guy. He's another one of those guys that's going to make a roster someplace. The, the amount of dudes that are going to hit the street and not be on the street for long and not make it back to the practice squad. And that was that was the argument that Steve was making on the uh, the One Bills Drive today, or One Bills Live today, was that uh, he's not going to make it back to the practice squad. So he feels that that's the reason that they're going to keep him. But who does that leave out? I mean, when you're talking about, and I apologize for uh, delaying your... Vanessa? Russo, Floyd, Basham, right, on one side. The other side, Vaughn Miller, Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Kingsley Jonathan. Well, I think, I think you're, you're looking at Lawson, Epinesa, and Boogie Basham in that same group. One, one, of, one of the three, but, but wouldn't, one or you, two. wouldn't you prefer they move those guys and get something for them? Maybe a middle linebacker. Oh, okay. Well, I thought we were just talking about who's making the team and who's not. Now you're getting into chaos math. <laughs> surprise uh, cut. Do you have a surprise? You may have just said it. So is your surprise cut one of those guys, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson? Um, I, think, I think Shaq would not be a surprise. I think Epinesa would not be a surprise. I think Epinesa would – he's a second-round draft pick. I know. I don't disagree with you. And you're keeping him for Kings But do you think it's a surprise if you let him go? I just don't think he's produced in in any in any quantitative impactful way has he done much of anything in a game. It was the and I, and I but but what I don't like more is that I haven't seen anything that gives me great confidence that I will. I think Shaq Lawson still has some flashes and some pretty cool stuff to offer. Um, and I thought Boogie Basham was that guy coming out of Wake. I mean, I watched him on – I just happened to be watching a Wake game. Mm. And I said out loud – I was alone. Of course, I talked to myself. 
like any high IQ person does. <laughs> I said, I, I I was like looking to my right. There was nobody there. I'm like, are you seeing this guy? <laughs> I look back at myself and I'm like, this guy's just destroying people, just wrecking fools. <laughs> and that oh, was Boogie Basham. But since he's been here, I just haven't seen the same violence with his hands. I haven't seen the same type of pad level and explosion. Mm-hmm. So I think I think all four of the, those guys are in the same bucket. I think Shaq maybe has a better chance just because I don't know. I, I think he has chance. I think he has better chance to flash from time to time. And he's I think he's older. He's got some leadership qualities that that uh, he could match up with Vaughn. Um, there you go. Very good. Any final comments before I get us out of here? Um. um now you got me all excited. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking Monday night. That's the. Um, that's what the the eleventh. September eleventh. Yeah. Shoot, that means I got to get. I, oh man, I hope I'm not on an airplane. I gotta I gotta riddle this out. You you better call CWT. And change <laughs> <your flight. laughs> yeah, I need to change my flight. What for? Just cause. Just cause. Yeah. <laughs> um. No. No final thoughts, Joe. Thanks for um. Thanks for doing a great job leading me to places where I'll hate you later for. <laughs> um. Everybody in the comment section, appreciate you coming. And, um, again, I don't fault people for their comments until they're, um, you know, uncharitable, which we tend to not have. Mm, it's no, because man. it's because you put out such a positive vibe, Joe. I do, the, I do what I can. It's just, it's the ginger in me, but, uh, yeah, mm. for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the off tackle with John Fina show on the Buffalo rumblings vidcast network. My name is Joe Miller host of this year's show alongside my good friend, John Fina, former Buffalo bill for 10 years, NFL player for 11 years for me. For John Fina, we'll talk to you guys later. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.